Welcome to Knowledge on the Go, the podcast brought to you by the PI Collaboratives team at Vizient. I'm Courtney Furrow White, Senior Performance Improvement Program Director here at Vizient, and your host for today's episode. We'll be discussing the findings from the patient centered approach to optimizing ambulatory access project that was a collaboration between Vizient and the Association of American Medical Colleges, commonly referred to as the AAMC. Facilitating access to care for patients is focused on ensuring timely, necessary, and appropriate healthcare services. Improving access to care is a strategic priority for most health systems and a challenge for nearly all. To support health systems in meeting that challenge, Vizient and the AAMC sought insights from ambulatory care leaders, physicians, and staff in five academic medical centers whose organization's access performance has been outstanding. Our guests today include Nicole Spatafora, Associate Vice President for Vizient PI Collaboratives Program, and Danielle Carter, Senior Program Specialist, Access and Clinical Innovations with the AAMC. They co-led this study on leading practices used by exemplar organizations to improve ambulatory access. So let's discover some key insights from their work. Nicole and Danielle, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Courtney. Happy to be here. Same here. All right, so let's get started. Nicole, can you tell me about the project findings? Sure. Courtney, you alluded to this in the introduction that we know that so many health systems across the country are challenged by ambulatory access. In particular, our academic medical centers. The Vizient and AAMC team sought to really learn from organizations that were leading performers within ambulatory access. And we used the Vizient Quality and Accountability Study to do that. We actually looked at access metrics within the Vizient AQA and identified organizations that were consistently in top tier performance. And then from there, we met with those organizations and talked to their leaders to understand what it was within their organizations that really differentiated them from the others. And based upon those discussions, we were able to develop a framework based upon those common themes from the visits and those calls with our high-performing organizations. What we found is that there's really several primary drivers to improve ambulatory access. It does start with engaged leadership. And when we talked with these organizations, we found that they had leaders who provided a vision and unwavering commitment to having strategic goals tied to improving access. They also had a structure and standard processes across their system, which helped them to focus on reducing any type of unwarranted variation. And that variation could be within care delivery, but it could also be within setting up appointment templates. We also looked at actual data and analytics. Having data to drive your improvement efforts is so important. And all of these organizations were committed to thoughtful analysis to understand that underlying story to inform those critical steps to improve access. We also found that they were focused on optimizing care delivery. And when we think about optimizing care delivery, it's looking at your care team and putting the right level of providers together to maximize your capacity, increase your throughput, getting those patients in to be seen by your providers, but still providing high quality care. And then your workforce. Your workforce engagement is so critical to all of this. You can have engaged leadership, but if your workforce isn't committed to building a community and skills that are focused on improving workforce, it's definitely a critical success factor. And then finally, leveraging technology. Especially today, I think COVID told us that many patients are looking for convenient access and that we need to meet patients where they are to improve convenience and quality and timeliness of access. So this was a differentiator 
for these organizations and that they had a technology foundation to help support their access strategy. I really like how you laid out this framework with those primary drivers. Danielle, can you tell us what else is included in this framework? Yeah, thanks for that question, Courtney. Beyond those primary drivers that Nicole talked about, we identified common themes and factors of success of leading academic health systems committed to improving access for their patient populations. In this report, we outlined real live examples from across these five high-performing organizations, and they're further explained through leading practices as well as change tactics. It's really designed as a resource for health systems and ambulatory leaders across the country to consider as they target access improvements and serves as a framework for action. That's great. So let's really delve into that first primary driver of the engaged leadership. Nicole, what can you tell us about that? I think with engaged leadership, what we found as a differentiator was that these organizations identified access as a pillar of the organizational culture. So they actually put this into their pillars and spoke to it on a consistent basis. They also had a dedicated leadership team that was accountable for all of the access operations. And what was very common across these five sites is that it wasn't just one person. It usually was a dyad of a clinical and also an operational or an administrative leader. Really, what we did see is that it did require a culture change. And that culture change had to come from the highest levels of the organization, where the chief executive officer is saying that ambulatory access is a priority for our organization. It's part of our mission to provide access to care for our patients, to provide quality care for our patients, and that this also fuels our other missions of research and education. I agree with you, Nicole. It's important to put the patient at the center to drive cultural change and to have the providers lead the work. So Danielle, tell me more about structure and standard processes. The foundational leadership and culture that Nicole talked about really needs to be supported by organization-wide structure and standard processes to optimize care delivery and develop a cohesive and engaged workforce. The secondary drivers within this structure and standard process driver include scheduling, capacity and demand management, system-wide policies and work processes, and lastly, data-driven performance improvement. When organizations are working on kind of this area of structure and standard processes, they really should be thinking about centralizing access operations that can support scheduling. Many organizations create contact center operations that include centralized scheduling and nurse triage capabilities for both primary and specialty care. Other organizations take a more phased approach, adding specialties over time or maintaining some of that decentralization. Wow, that's really, really interesting. What can you tell me about the actionable data and analytics? Courtney, simply having data is not enough. You actually need to take action around that data. And that's what we saw with these organizations and what set them apart is that they were taking action based upon this data. When we looked at the secondary drivers, we found that selecting the right metrics for measurement was a critical success factor. Many of these organizations picked a handful of metrics that were really important and then measured those consistently across their whole system. They also needed to make sure that the data had integrity and that the data was good. And then reporting the information back and being transparent and sharing that information across the organization. 
when we think about the metrics that they selected, they were setting specific performance targets. What we found is that these performance targets would vary across the department. And that was intentional by these organizations because they knew based upon past data within those specific departments that we're going to have variation across departments in terms of what the new patient percentage may be. So that was a really eye-opening thing for us is that while the metric that is being measured is the same, the targets that are established are going to differ department to department. The consistent item across all of the organizations is that they are routinely measuring and understanding performance and sharing that back usually through some type of visual dashboard. Many organizations were really moving toward a real-time daily update of this data so that members could see performance over time. And this data infrastructure helped them to be able to look at this data at the provider level, within the clinics, at the department level, and then across the organization overall. Not only were they evaluating data, but they had accountability set up for this as well. These organizations put processes in place to review data at the clinic level and the provider level. In some cases, it was on a quarterly basis. In other cases, it was semi-annually. But if they started to see that trends were going in a direction that they may not necessarily want, they were able to then have conversations with those providers and say, let's take a look at your template. Have you made any changes to your template that might be impacting some of your access metrics? And they could go through a stepwise process to address that. So leveraging that data was so critical for success for these organizations. I really like that. It's what you do with the data that sets you apart from others. So let's move on to optimizing care delivery. What can you tell me about that? We really found that optimizing care delivery and the care team is crucial to maximizing capacity and improving the throughput, which is the number of patients seen per clinic session, but also maintaining that high quality care piece, which is so essential. Evaluating the type of care, the services provided is really important to understand the mix of staff that's needed to deliver care and improve access. Within this driver, the secondary drivers include team-based care. So really thinking about implementing a care model that tailors the responsibilities and roles to each member of the team that can really lead to improvement in productivity and access to care. While the physician is such an essential piece of all of this, you need to be looking at those other team members and their essential role they play in helping improve access to care. Population health management is another secondary driver, and this is really focused on trying to create ways for staff to understand specific patient subpopulations and target interventions that are really distinct to each group to improve the health status of the entire population served by the health system. Performance optimization is about understanding those care delivery models and whether it's team-based care or others are not one-size-fits-all and really require evaluation and iteration, pulling in that data piece that Nicole was talking about. So folks can really understand that customizing helps maximize the output and individual providers and others on the care team. And then lastly, making sure front of mind in terms of optimizing care delivery is equitable patient-centered care. Really prioritizing knowing and treating the full patient, providing care that promotes equity and systemic efforts to reduce disparities in healthcare access, use, and quality. So we know that workforce engagement is a topic we hear a lot about, especially related to building skills, 
fostering a sense of purpose, reducing turnover and burnout. What did you find? Organizational culture and improving access to care is really set by our engaged leadership, but it does require that individual providers and staff throughout the organization do understand the commitment to improve access and why it's so important. And as we looked at these five sites, we found that they were able to demonstrate that commitment to access for their workforce through really three key areas. The first was around a formalized onboarding program. So not just an onboarding program in terms of assessing your competency to deliver and execute on your job roles and functions, but building in why access is important and how that person at that role can affect improving access to care. And then they continue to reinforce this through ongoing education and training of their staff. And this would also include the providers as well. So it was frontline staff, your clinical providers, and talking through different processes that need to be done that help to promote access to care. One organization in particular would have workshops that they hosted, and it would be around different processes that were introduced. And it wasn't necessarily the leaders that were driving those discussions. It was the folks that were in the front line actually implementing that new process that talked about the training and education. So it's vital that staff at every level are engaged in order to make improvements. And you definitely highlighted that. So that brings us to the last primary driver of leveraging technology. What can you tell me about that? Technology has really changed the way patients interact with and seek care from the health system and providers. And while this technology doesn't replace in-person contact, it really is an essential component to care coordination, delivery, and improving access to care. As we've witnessed with COVID-19, the importance of technology cannot be overstated. And it really kind of has changed the game in terms of organizations thinking about technology and how this is part of their access strategy. Underneath this driver, this really is looking at the electronic medical record, the EMR, and optimization of that. At one of our organizations, they found it was such a key player in how they interacted and engaged with patients. One of these organizations had about 90% of their primary care patients enrolled in their patient portals. And the key to this level of enrollment was really about changing those expectations from please use to more about this is how providers and the care team will communicate with you as a patient. And I think having that EMR optimization both internally for your providers, but also on that patient-facing portal side is really such a key element in engaging with patients and optimizing your system. It's also about thinking about the virtual health capabilities of your organization. So optimizing the telehealth and technology to deliver care at a distance across a wide range of settings. Obviously, when folks think of virtual health, having a video visit is a key piece of that. And that became so important during COVID-19. But it's also about some of those different asynchronous communication tools, thinking about e-consult, so provider-to-provider questions that are through the EMR, or even now e-visits, thinking about questions that are coming from patients. And rather than having an in-person visit or even a virtual visit, can you just answer that question digitally in the EMR? 
Also, the digital front door is shown to be such an essential element of this technology piece, really helping to create a single, simple way for patients to gain access to the healthcare organization. Tied to this is thinking about those standard processes and self-scheduling, wanting to just make it as easy as possible for a patient to engage with your system versus having to call and wait for someone to help them schedule an appointment. Can they do that on their own, whether it's through the portal or just an online means. And lastly, thinking about artificial intelligence and predictive analytics. This is really thinking about using data mining to help with referral management and the care delivery piece. So this ties in a lot with that data piece that Nicole had talked about earlier. The big common theme we heard is reliance on a single standardized EMR platform across all practices in an organization that really link the scheduling, the patient data, and the patient portals. This EMR serves as a vehicle for standardizing and supporting a care infrastructure that allows access to be at the forefront. Nicole, how would you summarize the findings of this work? Well, providing quality care is critical, but it's really insufficient without adequate access to care. And I think that is what we learned through this year-long work with these five leading organizations. Ultimately, it comes down to leadership. That is truly foundational to the access journey. It has to be set as a strategic priority at the top of the organization and then cascaded down to all of the different providers and staff. And these leaders are accountable to the organization's access strategy and goals, but they're also building a mechanism within the culture of the organization for everybody to realize that each person contributes to this overall goal of improving ambulatory access. Improving access to care is not easy stuff. So you have to have that wherewithal to continue on that access journey, be willing to learn and iterate as you go. And so I think that culture of trying and always keeping the patient at the center of all of your decisions was the differentiator among these five organizations. So Nicole and Danielle, do you have any recommendations for those listening on how to incorporate the framework? We put together a very comprehensive paper that outlines the framework and all of these primary and secondary drivers that Danielle and I reviewed today. But we supplement that with some change tactics that organizations can implement and then provided specific examples that we heard from these five sites around the way that they implemented those tactics. So on the Visient websites, as well as on the AAMC website, we've got PDFs of these pretty great quarterly snapshots, just two pages with some more simple kind of reflective questions and actionable items that organizations can do. And that could be a first kind of step into working on this access space before you dive into the full ambulatory access framework. Well, those are some great recommendations. Thank you. Well, that's all the time we have for this edition of Knowledge on the Go. I'd like to thank Nicole and Danielle for speaking with us today. And thank you to our listeners for taking the time to join us. And please look for future Knowledge on the Go podcasts. For Vizient's PI Collaboratives team, I'm Courtney Fro White. Please join us for more Knowledge on the Go. Subscribe today, like us, or send us your comments at picollaboratives at vizientinc.com. 